Welcome back, everybody. This is the Mission 300 podcast, and this is Tommy. This isn't the usual Jason on the microphone right now. Um, I'm here, though, with Jason and Brian and Caleb. And today, I'm going to hand it off to Brian to share a little bit about what we're going to talk about today. Today, we are talking about personality and how it affects our goals, our purpose. And we had some questions that we wanted to tackle. And again, we're not going to be coming at this from experts on personality tests, but there is some questions that we probably should really look at when we're talking about our goals, when we're talking about our future. For instance, what is the difference between your personality and conditioned habits that you have? Which leads us to what if we have things in our personality that we want to change? Can we change that? Or is that locked to our identity? Is that kind of like a DNA thing in us that our personality won't change? When the Bible talks about being transformed by the renewing of your mind and not being conformed to this world. So is being transformed affecting your, your personality? So when you become a believer and you start giving yourself over to God, does your personality change? Or does something else change? Can parts of our personality change? And if that's true, can we change all of our personality? So we kind of want to hit some of these things because I think a lot of people get locked up in trying to go forward in the future because they think their personality, this is just my personality. This is just my personality. So let's kind of unlock that and break it down and see where we could go with that today. My first question off the bat um... Is there a difference between your personality and um, between your character? How, define when you're thinking of character, define character versus when you're thinking of personality, why don't you define what that would look like to you? I think of um, personality being stuff that you can't really change about you. Um, Such as, can you give an example? I would think like communication styles pretty much stay the same, like how you're going to make jokes, how you're going to connect with people that kind of relatively stays to who you are, but characters are the character issues are stuff that you can change. Like if you're always late to something, that's not really a personality issue. That's more of, I would say a character issue. Would you agree with that? Or is that, am I off? Well, let's just put that. Let's say my personality is to be real direct. I'm just a direct person. I just kind of spit it out what's in front of my mind. And I could tend to be come across as rude. Now, if is that part of my character? Because if I'm rude to people and they're feeling offended by me every time I'm talking, I need to adjust what that is to better consider the person that's going to be listening to me talk doesn't mean I'm conforming to them, but if they're not getting what I'm saying, I need to make an adjustment. So am I adjusting my personality or am I adjusting my character? Well, I don't think you have to adjust um, necessarily your confrontational nature, but you have to change how in, in the way you confront, you know, maybe you, you, before you knew, you know, before maybe you had a relationship with God, you would confront and you just, snap and you'd yell at people and you'd bully them and you know call them names whatever but that doesn't mean like when you become a christian that you just no longer become confrontational i still think that's in your 
that's still your personality. That's still how you're going to deal with stuff. It's just going to look different and it's going to play out different. Uh, for example, um, I, I have a good friend of mine who's very, you know, confrontational and I know when he can handle, like he handles it in an improper way and when he handles it in a good way. And I can tell the difference. And I don't think that's his personality just flopping back and forth. I think that more has to do with character of that moment. And what, what does he want out of that moment? Well, maybe ask two questions. What are your thoughts on that? And first of all, does it really even matter for us to even worry about it? On, on one hand, I think it, it matters in, in the idea of, well, what about me is just set in stone and unchangeable. And what about me is malleable or can be changed, especially when we're looking at things from a relationship with God as our father perspective, because, and even just in the last month, I can't tell you how many times I've been having a conversation with someone and something comes up and it's, well, that's just my personality. That's just how I am. And it's like, well, no, you're, you're acting this way. You're thinking this way, you're responding this way, and it's not good. And it's not biblical and it's not healthy, but you're kind of conditioned into thinking, well, that's just the way I am. So I can't change the way I am. God made me that way. And actually in, in a separate way, in a less severe way, my wife and I were talking about this a handful of days ago, because men and women, you guys probably know, think and process things a little bit differently from each other. And it got us into this conversation on, did God create men and women to think differently and if so, is that just the way we are? Or is there something about the way that we think, the way we respond and react to things that we need to change and conform to a kingdom mindset? So I, I think on one hand, it is kind of important that there is a difference when we talk about identity given from the father, that's not something that changes. But I mean, personally, I've seen a lot of my mannerisms, different things about the way I think the way I act, the way I live have changed drastically since even just 10 years ago. And I've, I've really hoped that no one I knew in college thinks I'm the same person now that I was then because virtually everything about me is different now, hopefully better. I think I agree with Jason. And I think it's like, it is important to distinguish in some ways, especially like in the circles that I am in sometimes for people, personality can almost become like this thing that we're like so glorifying it's like a recent thing that i've been noticing like people are like oh this is my personality this is the way that i am especially like with this whole new thing enneagram not going to get into it but like a bunch of people are like really into it and they kind of let like the way that their personality is in these categories like determine their personality but i think everybody's so nuanced and all that like how can you really categorize it? And so I think it is important to distinguish like uh, what is our personality and things about us that might be set in stone versus like what Tommy was saying with our character and how we can change and grow. And so I think there are things that are a part of our character and there are things that are part of our personality. And like you were saying, Jason, I agree, like even a year ago or two years ago, I feel like a different person, like in some of my ways of thinking and different stuff like that after life experiences and is that like my personality changing maybe in some ways, but I think it's been more character growth than personality change. 
So I think there's like ways that our personality and our character work together and are separate. It just depends on what parts you're talking about, I think. But I think in a lot of cases, it can be important to distinguish because sometimes can people can think their character is a part of their personality, but it's more of an excuse to not change because they're saying personality doesn't change. Much more clear that your character is designed to be changed. It's designed to grow. First of all, you get a new heart when you're born again. You got the spirit of God. There's something different that has to be able to transform on the inside of you. And I think the character side of it is so whether the, when you grow in your character, your personality becomes sanctified, I guess you could say, or it gets adjusted. So maybe we don't know for sure how our personality is truly affected by that. But if you took a personality and you grew up awful and you were bitter and you had this rage and you, let's say that's kind of your, your backdrop, you could say, well, I'm just quick tempered. I'm Irish. I'm just quick tempered. It's just the way we are. That isn't true. However, you may be more bent in your purse. So that to me, I think that would be more in your character. So somehow you have found it free that you could just not be quick to hear fast to speak and quick to wrath, which is opposite of James, right? So if James says, be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, that means that quick temperedness can be changed. So you may be someone who's quick to jump into something in your personality, but that side of it has to be tempered or has to be sanctified, I guess you could say, and your character starts guiding how your personality operates. So the, I, I think with you, Caleb, with what you just said of people just saying, well, it's just my personality, you know, I'm probably going to get in trouble here, but, um, that pentagrammy thing, what is that thing that you sit in the, oh, the Enneagram, Enneagram deal. I'm kind of joking about that. I get it. It kind of gives you this assessment and all of those listening. I'm not saying Satan devised it. I'm not saying that if you go look at your personality assessments or you use these tools, something's wrong with you. I get it. I've done the same thing, but here's what I found is we become reliant that we're letting a test determine what we are. And now we're making the Bible and everything in life fit to that test. And there is something deep in me that says this is wrong. Now, I'm not saying it is, but for me, it, it, it leaves me in a place where God can't change me. It doesn't mean there's not truths in those things, but it is not the truth about me. And I think we need to separate that. Now, I'm, I'm speaking from my idea. I'm not going to say, hey, scripture says da, da, da. All I know is it says, I've been crucified with Christ, yet nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ mm -hmm. now lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who bought me and gave himself for me. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. That we could keep going on of, of adding to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge and to knowledge temperance and to temperance godliness, right? We, we have all these verses that are talking about this growth process of something changing in you. So I really don't care what the personality is. That can never be an excuse 
for how you're handling life. And the moment you say, well, I'm just this, I think you need to step back and say, why am I being a victim here? And again, it's going to come back to my point of your foundation cannot be on what you are. It's about who Jesus is. So if your personality is getting in your way of conforming to who Jesus is, then maybe that part of your personality isn't part of your personality at all. It's just the old sin nature that's lost inside of you. And this might sound extreme, but I was, I was thinking about this, you know, what if, because the, the Bible describes our new birth in such drastic terms, if you actually look at it, like you, the old you dies and it's kind of become a cliche, but you picture if you actually died and then you were born again, starting from scratch. So everything about you is off the table or is up for grabs to be changed. Like maybe 98% of who and what I was before Christ, before I was made new as a, as a son of God, maybe 98% of that was worldly and garbage and wrong. So I've got to do away with all of that and kind of be recreated into something new because if, if, if we were fallen and if we were full of sin and death and the world and the world conditioned us with certain habits and responses, then that would affect, wouldn't that affect everything? Our personalities, our character, the way we do literally everything. Cause I mean, when a child's born and they're being raised, let's say that they have a father and a mother that's raising them the father and the mother are instilling the personality, the character, different responses and habits in those children. So if you grow up and every time you watch the Vikings play, you get really excited. That's been instilled in you since a child. And there's understandably a reason for that to carry on into your adulthood. So being born again, I mean, and again, maybe it sounds extreme, but couldn't we maybe look at all of that as, okay, you know what? I'm starting from scratch father. So what about my personality needs to change? What about my character needs to change? And maybe most of it's fine as is. I mean, with you guys, it has always been fine and perfect because you guys have been perfect for decades, but from the perspective of someone who's new to this, well, it's really, maybe there only, is a lot. It's really only Caleb who's been perfect. But do you think there's room for that? Like, you know, I'm just, I'm a very passionate person. I tell it like it is maybe it's not a bad idea to at least visit that as a conversation. Hey God, is this okay for me to operate this way? And the answer may very well be, yes, I made you that way. You need that passion and that directness. Here's how to walk in that personality trait or that character trait in the kingdom. I agree with you. And I'm going to throw something out now that's going to make me seem a little hypocritical. So I, I hope not. I want to articulate this properly we have been put into life experiences and the people we grow up with in the environments. I don't believe environment is what is designed to shape you, but it does affect how we deal with things because those are the scenarios that we've put our personality into and affected life. You said something on the last podcast, Jason, about a lot of times people don't know where to start because they think they're this blank slate starting at zero. You're not. You're accumulation of many things in your life that are still strong, that God is using, that even though you're saved, it's not like he wipes all that away and you start out as a zero-year-old and now you have to grow into Christianity from zero. You are still, if whatever age you are, 
those are your life experiences. They need to be sanctified. God needs to do something with you. But in there, there's things within that are, that are actually critical to the future that you're growing into. Because if you remember Joseph, he told his brothers, he said, what you meant for evil, God is using for good. So even though all that happened to him, it was critical for the place that he was going to. So there is an element that when you get born again, or you're starting, or you're, you're moving through life, or you hit new phases of life and part of your things in you, you didn't even know has existed. And let's say it needs to come out. We've got to be careful of not always having to go back and having to get counseling to undo every single thing that we are, because something's wrong about that too. So it really is starting, Hey, this is where you're at right now. There's things that will be sanctified, but as long as we're keep pursuing God, know that your personality, whether it technically adjusts or changes, at least it'll begin being sanctified as character starting to get built into it to your point, Tommy. So I, I think there's something to, in this conversation, not going through life, okay, I got to get rid of all this old bad stuff, get all this new stuff going. No, you're, when you're born again, your spirit's good. Now you're letting that just emerge out. But trust me, you'll have enough to fix throughout your life to just let each phase take care of itself. So I want to kind of be uh, cautious in how we're communicating this whole thing that we're not using personality as an excuse, but we are understanding that there's things that we've experienced that are actually critical to where we're going. And hopefully we'll hit some examples of that as we go forward. If you guys want, there's four main personality types. Well, we don't know for sure if those are the only four, but according to this, so there's the type A. So they're like the director, goal-orientated, risk-taking, good under stress. Then you have the type B, which is the socializer, relationship-orientated, outgoing, enthusiastic. You have type C, the thinker, detail-orientated, logical, prepared. Then you have type D, the supporter. They're task-orientated, they're stabilizing, and they're cautious. The type X combines two or more personality types when they are equal. So when you hear those four, you guys have one that you'd fit into. I don't want to toot my own horn, but I think I have somewhat characteristics in all of those aspects. Um, I've never really felt like any of those things really define me 100%, if that makes sense. Okay. So I don't know how I would uh, answer that question. And- Do you see what makes that so hard? Like I, I see some parts of all three of them. Some of this depends if I'm having a good day or bad day. This is very true. <laughs> but you know, after knowing you guys, I can tell a little bit how you're, you'd be more bent. Uh, I thought it was interesting on the last podcast. Like I could see, I, I think I mentioned this before is like uh, Caleb and Jason, both you two are much more of a creative mindset of how things come together. Uh, specifically with Jason, knowing you more about how you can pull music together, you can pull all these musical pieces. So in a way you're super, you're, you're super aware how to conduct all that into one piece, but it's not like a driven format. It's more of a, it, you, you know how to, I'm not, I'm going to use the word feeling, but I don't mean feeling like you have 
you, you can feel how it's supposed to sound and, and put that together like artwork. Caleb, you probably do a similar type thing with your, when you're doing videos, like you could kind of see multiple different pieces that quite honestly, me and Tommy, me and Tommy may have, I'll speak on myself. It's a little bit, I want to be able to have that skill. Like I really would love that skill, but I'm not quite as quite that way. I can do it to a partial point and then I just jam it all together. Like it'll hit a point. It's like, okay, it's not working, but it's going to work. So jam it all together and shove it out. Tommy, you're probably a little bit more along those lines. Not exactly, but let's get this job done. And uh, we're going to make the best of whatever it turns out to be. And so I, I can kind of see those, the little bit more of the creative bents versus the little bit more of the uh, let's get this job done and we're going to pound it out. Um, but yet I've seen those both in both you two. So here's the point of this. The reason I'm bringing that up, I don't really care what that means. So, so what difference does it mean if I'm a type A versus a type B versus a type C versus a type D? I think where it almost becomes a bigger problem is if I'm pastoring a church and I keep catering to the type B's because I'm intimidated by the type A's. So I don't do anything in the church that invites the type A's. And I definitely don't want the type C's because they're going to outthink what I'm trying to think. So we'll keep it a type B or you have the type C that's just smarter than everybody else in the room. You see what I'm getting at? Like, I, I think there's this danger in knowing that versus we may have different bents, but it's Christ in you. And how can I depend and need, need those different pieces? And so I'm not sure it really is so important that we know what our, uh, pentagram number is, um, or our, I'm sorry, the endiogram, not pentagram, but I think we get hung up because we don't know what we are. And it's so funny. I say this all the time when I'm speaking, humans are the, yeah, Caleb, your dog knows exactly what he, what he is. Tommy, your mom's dog knows exactly what I think it's a he too, right? Your little dog, your mom's dog, Tommy. Yeah. That rat. Yeah. That one yeah. It almost bit me. Yeah. Cool dog though. Love it. <laughs> loves your mom. Uh -huh. <laughs> like Jason, your dog, Ginger. I mean, you, these dogs know what they are and they all have a personality, but they know what they are, right? Humans have personalities and we don't know what we are. Like, it's so interesting that we should be the smartest kids on the block when it comes to creation. And we just, we don't know what we are. And we're so easily manipulated into these different, different places. And I remember uh, I was working at Best Buy and we had this huge, they spent millions of dollars to change over the company. And they wanted to do the strength finder test. You can go on there and take your strength finder test. A couple of things I did like about it is you don't focus on your weaknesses, just master your strengths which is great. I think that's kind of a cool idea. All these are have like kind of neat ideas to them. But I found out if you took the test a certain way and you didn't fit the category that the manager above you would, would, would correspond with, it almost felt like horoscope. If you weren't a Pisces when they were a Taurus or whatever that, that does, you didn't do as well. Even though this wasn't supposed to be to, it was supposed to help enhance you. It actually became a hindrance. So you learned how to retake the test to fit what the manager wanted. 
So it kind of, you found a way you could kind of bend around some of those tests. And I think a lot of times, even when we take these honest tests, we're doing how we think we should answer, but we're not really answering what we really are. One comment I want to make is I think these personality traits are interesting, like, because you look at type A, goal-oriented, risk-taking, good under stress. I mean, one could argue that maybe those are negatives to a personality. Maybe you're way over goal-oriented and you don't care about anyone. You just need to get the job done. Maybe you're so far in taking risks that you aren't smart that you put undue pressure or you you jeopardize other things in your life that you maybe shouldn't jeopardize. Like maybe you jeopardize your family when you shouldn't have been taking that risk for your family. So I think this overall conversation has led me to think of, okay, I can understand where I have bents, but I need to ask God on how do I use these strengths? Cause they can become weaknesses really quick really, really quick if you use them in the wrong way or if you just use them in your your human nature, right? The t- type C, the thinker, you can become so stuck in the details that you just never do anything. How do you ask? You got to ask God, how, how do I care about the details, but how do I keep going? How do I be logical? But how do I, how do I move while I think? Well, let me, let me ask you guys this because, uh, I know some people will look at these lists and these types and you find the one or the two that you are or more are or sort of are whatever. But I know a lot of people look at these and then they look at the ones they're not and say, well, I guess I'm not very logical of a person. That's just my personality type. So when I act and live in ways that are illogical, and sometimes a lot of this is subconscious from what I've observed, well, I'm just not a I'm not really a thinker. I'm not a type C. I'm not a logical person. I'm not a prepared person. That's just kind of who I am. So at what point does this in the back of our minds become our identity instead of a personality trait? Mm. I mean, what, what Tommy started off with, there's, you can see a lot of things in people that are just kind of established, like someone who's good under pressure. That's not something you learn at a weekend class somewhere. There's, there's something just deep in people, at least the people that I've been around like that, where when the pressure comes on, they just go to another level. They're more focused. They handle stress well. And some people just crumble under stress. Now, you, you can develop that, but there's something that seems it's deeper than just, oh, yeah, I took a course in uh, college on how to handle stress, so now nothing stresses me out. But But I don't think that's really identity. At least I don't see from a biblical standpoint where this is identity. Okay. Let me ask you a question, Paul, just looking at these four personality types. Now, again, there's different kind of tests and all that stuff. I'm just looking at this simple one, just for the sake of context, the director goal orientated. Did Paul say to run the race to win? Cause only one receives the prize. So was that just to the type A's? No, it's to everybody. Did he not say, I mean, isn't faith risk-taking the idea that, but your whole salvation into the idea 
that Jesus died for you and you're going to go to heaven. So you're going to change your whole way of living to conform to this. That's a risk. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God, which passes all understanding will keep your heart and mind. Is that not being good under stress? Isn't he telling you be anxious for nothing? Okay. So we're told to be good under stress. We're told to take risks and we're told to be goal orientated. But then he also says, count all the costs before you do anything. You know, he, there's things that talk about being detail oriented. There's things that are talk about being prepared, being logical. So in a way saying he's commending the Berean church for eagerly hearing the word of God, but they would take a week and go study it out. So isn't he saying, be a thinker. And then he talks about relationships. I mean, aren't we, geez, aren't we supposed to, this is a priority among Christianity is relationships. And we're supposed to reach out. We're supposed to be the ones that are, uh, we're not waiting for people to come to us. We're supposed to be going out to people and we're supposed to be encouraging one another, being filled with his joy. Isn't that kind of enthusiastic, right? We're supposed to have the life of God in us. So now we're told to be type B. And then he says, consider the farmer. We talked about this last week, consider the farmer, consider the soldier, consider the, the, the athlete that's being task orientated. There's tasks that are to be done to be stable, be consistent, be constant, right? These are things that are characteristics of the nature of a Christian. And it says, it, it doesn't say to be cautious, but we're not stupid. We're not foolish. Don't be a fool. Right? So it's interesting. He tells us to be all these things. So now if we're to be all these things, how do we identify, how do we, how does our personality fit in? Or do we have something that we're supposed to be able to do all in his power, in his strength? And then the question would come up, does, does Jesus have a person, is Jesus a type of personality? What number does he fit in on the endogram? What, what is he, what type of personality is he? I'll say uh, whatever one he needed to be in that moment with that person. Yes. I don't think we could have said that better. That's being in Christ. So yes, there will be things that will fit you based on your background, where you came from, the th there would be things that you're bent towards, right? That doesn't necessarily, it's a bad thing. There, there's things that you've developed skills in that will be utilized. But the idea that we get to say, well, this is just my personality. Oh no, my personality is not public speaking. Never was ever, ever. Yet I public speak. I quit every, I quit every speaking class in college. I was terrified. I'd rather go run around the room with my hair on fire, putting it out with a pitchfork than to stand up and speak. It, it was awful. Yet here I am like, how did that work? That's contrary to my personality, but see, that wasn't my personality. That was my fears. That was my broken nature. That was all of that. So that's the part where we have to separate. I'm wondering, you guys can tell me what you think about this, but I think like, it's so easy to hear a lot of times like you can find your peace in God. You can find your strength in God. You can find like joy in God. And then it's like, if you go and find that anywhere else, then it's sin. 
And I think like, I haven't really heard as much necessarily like you can find, like even could you say that you could find your personality in God? Because if we can find all these other things in him, why aren't we asking for this too? Instead, we're going on a website and taking a test to tell us this instead of like, like we don't go on a website and take a test on like how to find peace because we'd be like, oh, that'd be weird because the Bible says that I can get that from God. And it seems like maybe we're missing something like why can't we also do that when it comes to our personality, our identity and like our character traits. Like if you ask God about it, I think you'll probably get a better answer than like what a limited piece of paper says on the internet, essentially. Well, I should hope that we can get that because the alternative is we get it from the world or the enemy. That's, those are literally the options we have. So if we don't get it from God, we're in trouble. I, I think you're hundred percent correct. And, and this isn't saying that Caleb, if I gave you a project, you may not, you will probably have a little more of a creative bent in solving that problem than if I gave it to Tommy. I know you both would get it done. You both would do it in a manner that is selfless in the sense of what we're trying to accomplish, but you would have a bent that you would look at it slightly differently. I think that part of our personality is awesome. That's like your fingerprint. I'm glad we can see things slightly different and we'd go about it slightly different. That doesn't make you an A, B, C, D, or anything, but that's your, that's your bent. That's what makes an artist different than an engineer per se. There's, they're similar, but they're, they're going to, they're going to look at it, a mathematician and a dancer. They actually are similar, but they're going to look at it slightly different. And I think it's, I think God loves our fingerprint on things that's being transformed but to lock in that I'm a personality. And I didn't mean to quite jest so much about certain types of tests that have become super popular in the Christian circles. What really bothers me about it is how much we are afraid to go to God and get our identity from him. We're still looking to something else to determine what our identity is because we've made the personality, our identity and your identity is not your personality. As you were talking, Brian, I was thinking back of years of my experiences and also what you were just talking about, how you were never a public speaker, but you became one because it's what you kind of had to do, right? But it was your purpose. It was your purpose that made you step out in that way, right? Like... I can be bent towards the type A goal-oriented, risk-taking, good under stress. That's my bend. But when it comes to my purpose, I'm going to have to be relationship-oriented. I'm going to have to become outgoing, enthusiastic. These things will have to come if, if I'm pursuing my purpose. And I think that's where we get this with Jesus not having one of these types it's because he was focused on the purpose and what was the purpose it was me you everyone else in this world and so how does he connect those people 
he had to connect with you on the bend that you have. And maybe I'm off, maybe I'm wrong, but that's where I see like, I think of like going back to being like the captain of the soccer team, right? I got there because I was the type A goal oriented risk taking. I was handled stress. But when I, when I got there, I realized you have to be a lot more than just that. You have to start thinking about the team. You have to start thinking about all the guys working together. You have to start becoming a little bit more focused on the details than I would like to think about. I have to be more prepared. I have to come to practice prepared when before I just came, take some risks, go after my goal, put a little stress on me, and I'll come out fine. But now I have to come prepared. I have to come prepared with something to give. But it's because my purpose changed from being just a participant to being like a leader and a part of the team. And so I think that's that's where I think if you get stuck in your personality being your personality, you're never going to achieve your your purpose. But Tommy, you're looking back on that and you can see the changes. But when you're in it, you didn't think any of those things. Mm-hmm. Just the thing you wanted, the thing you're going after was greater. So you made the adjustments necessary by default. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, I didn't pick you to be captain because you're type A. I actually picked you to be captain because the characteristics you were displaying to the team was a type D. You were stable. Like there was an anchor point the rest of the team could build off of. Yet I knew you weren't a type D, but it, you, know, you see, I'm getting at it. It's like we're being utilized in these, these different phases. And I think we're missing out on something. And I think this goes back to last week's podcast is our number one pursuit. Actually, last two, it's our father. It's Jesus Christ. It's the Holy Spirit. It's who we are. It's who we're in. It's as we see him, we see ourselves. And he appreciates our fingerprint. He appreciates our personality DNA in a purified form, in the simplisticness of the form. But he also loves it when we abandon ourselves to him and we step into arenas that we don't have the ability without him to go do. And those are usually outside of our fingerprint. And I think the fearfulness to go do that, if you're just basing life on your ability to be a type A and drive through, you're never going to experience what God wants to do in you because you're always going to do that. But man, all of a sudden, if you created something and you're like, oh my gosh, I just created something. I have no ability to create, man, then you're going to experience God. It doesn't mean you still wouldn't have that fingerprint, but that's when we start really getting into the awesomeness of knowing God. And again, if you're going to some book to figure out what you are, that isn't the Bible and isn't your father, I'm sorry. At some point, you're never going to experience who God actually is. I mean, that's just, that's the reality. Do you think maybe then the problem for a lot of people is that we look at our personality and we think, okay, how will God use me as a type B or whatever, instead of asking our father how he can show us how to operate in any situation, even though everyone has different bents? Because with that first approach, and maybe there's a context to it, but Aren't we automatically putting our purpose 
the vision, the walk he has for us, the journey he has for us in a nice little box saying, well, God, you made me a type B. So now I know what I am already. When Tommy was talking, it reminded me of the, and what you're saying, Jason, reminded me of the verse, which is interesting because it's right before the verse that you were referencing earlier, Brian, about running the race. And it's about Paul using his freedom. And it's like, to the weak, I become the weak, to win the weak. I become all things to all people that by all possible means, I might save some. So it's really interesting because like once we're in Christ, if we're free and we have freedom to be whoever he's called us to be in purpose, then like it, it almost doesn't matter what your personality is because God can use you in whatever way you can become all things, to all people, because you're free to be who he's called you to be. And then literally the next, it's like, I do this all for the sake of the gospel that I may share it in its blessings. And then he goes into the part about running the race. So it's like, even in this aspect of running the race, it's the freedom to be all things to all people, like we're saying with personalities and everything. Why are we even putting it in a box of limiting it to like one personality type, like what you were saying, Tommy? Because like, if we're truly like pursuing God and that's truly giving us freedom, then it it doesn't matter like what our personality is essentially. Because in that, and then, in that point like if we're focusing so much on our personality we're actually elevating ourselves above like the purposes of god or who god says we are which is idolatry but if we're truly like focused on pursuing god and his purpose then we're actually more free than trying to figure out who we are to free us like in our personality i think as you were talking there this came just came to my mind here is that often we 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 see these four types and you're drawn to one and maybe that draw isn't really who you are. Hmm. Maybe if you actually listen to the father and listen to what he said you are and you listen to that, you would actually feel the spark and come alive. And maybe that bent that you have isn't truly you, but it's how you've been conditioned in this world. And that's not who you're made to be. That's not what makes you come alive. That's what they want you to think makes you come alive because that'll hold you back. That'll keep you where you don't want to be. When God wants to bring you here, it's going to keep you there because you're not stepping out of what you're supposed to be. You're not listening to God and hearing what he says you are. And I think my biggest takeaway coming out of this is really just saying, God, I know I've been told I'm, I'm this my whole life, but is that really what makes me come alive? Or am I just conditioning myself to think, yeah, that's who I am. I'm going to act that way. I'm going to become that way. I'm going to surrender that to him and let him share with me who I am. And I'm, I'm excited to watch watch me come alive in that process. So would you define that as transformation? And it may have a similar fingerprint to what you originally were, but it's like, holy cow, I didn't know that was actually me. I thought that was a negative. I didn't know that was a positive. Like we, we may find out things that, that we have thought have been bad about us, but were actually the strength of what we were. Like my son coming and telling me, Hey dad, did you know, uh, 
stubbornness is a character, a godly characteristic. I'm like, okay, where, where, where are you going with this? Like, have you guys ever heard that? Well, then it says in Ezekiel that God made Ezekiel stubborn in order to face the, the, the scorn of the people and to be, and to push forward that had he not had that stubbornness, he would have caved to the people, but God made him stubborn to deal with a hard people. So who would have thought that? But then you start seeing, it's like, Oh, wow. Like you can make me stubborn. Well, we wouldn't make that a good characteristic. So that's where, when we're surrendered to God, he, he finds to take our DNA and, and our true DNA in him and bring, bring out this amazing stuff. So I'm going to, I'm going to leave with my final takeaway on this. We talk about knowing the father and you never know who you are till you know him. Never let information about him substitute knowing him, know him. There's nothing wrong with gathering background knowledge. There's nothing wrong. I, I highly encourage to learn as much as possible but never let it trump knowing him. Don't take that information to define the relationship you are to have with him. Let your relationship define how you're supposed to interpret that information. Make that the critical thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend some more time pondering on this, but I think a lot of people would be surprised if you ask God, you know, Father, how do you see my personality traits? He maybe wouldn't respond with a letter but would say, I'm God, I don't fit into a letter and you are my child. So I'm not putting you into one either. Something to think about. Yeah, I agree with that. I think I've noticed for myself, like personally, if I start thinking too inwardly about who I am and not who God is, that can turn really toxic for me really fast. So I think the key point is where is your starting point? even when you're looking at the personality stuff, where's your starting point? Cause if the starting point is, Oh, me, who am I? Like all this stuff, then it, that's not a good road to walk down. And that'll probably be more destructive for you trying to find out who you are on your own than if you just find out who God is. And I think I've seen that in my own life. Like I can, that's a dangerous place to start. And so I think focusing like what you guys are saying, who is God and who does he say I am? I think that's huge. Tommy, you got us into this. You're getting us out of it. Well, I think that uh, wraps it all up for us. Um, I'm excited to hear the conversations going forward. I think we have a lot that we can touch on in the next coming weeks. And um, if there's any spe specific questions um, or anything specific topic-wise, anyone wants to hear going forward from us and hear different perspectives, definitely reach out, leave us a comment. And that being said, keep the faith and stay in the fight.